0: Is this the best way to eat scones? With the white paper tablecloth and the ugly doily to go under the plate and under the coffee pot. I wanted the array of cutlery the woman always put out, as though you might eat a scone with a knife, fork and spoon, three different spoons, one for coffee and one for jam and one for cream, tongs in the lidded sugar bowl, a white cup for the coffee that had already hot water in to keep it warm, all of that and the view of the grey sea and nothing beyond it sounds amazing i'm roger and this is bookshook and today i'm discussing the first half of july's book all the birds singing by Evie wilde published in 2013 so each month I take a book, split it in two, and discuss it on the second and last Fridays. I'll do a first impression summary alongside my thoughts and reactions and then raise any interesting ideas so far in the novel. But be aware, there may be spoilers, but only up to halfway through the novel. I'd love to share your thoughts and ideas at future episodes. So please leave a comment or start the conversation below, or if you're listening to the episode, send an email to bookshook at yahoo.com. Welcome to Bookshook. So, I read up to chapter 15 in All the Birds Singing. There's no bad language in the podcast, but be aware that there are adult themes in the novel, sexual coercion and violence, which I may touch upon. Now, the novel opens with a lady. Now, we know this lady is Jake White from The Blurb, who's moved to this, quote, unnamed British island, and she's tending to sheep. And one of them is being killed She could be a sheep farmer. I think that's what she is. When she goes to the local farmer shop at the village, Marling, she spies evidence that there is trouble with the family of the owner. The windows of their greenhouse have been smashed. Now on the way back, she stops the vehicle and cries over the dead sheep. She thinks of the romance of the island cottage compared to the reality, quote, That feeling I'd had when I first saw the cottage, squat and white like a chalk pebble at the black foot of the downs. The safety of having no one nearby to peer in at me, that felt like an idiot's lifetime ago. Now on the way back, some kids give her some rude gestures. Has she done something to upset them maybe? Now Don, a local sheep farmer and her neighbor, helps her out. She's only been on the island for around three years. He comes round. And she thinks that the kids may have caused the death of the sheep, but he's not convinced. It is a bit of a mystery. And then we flash back to her life in Australia before she moved to this British island. She's having a shower in an outside shack next to a tractor. Quote, we are weak from the end of the job in budari She thinks of, quote, being found alone and taken away back there tied up and left to rot. and I'm thinking, taken back where? Bit of a shocker. And then an eye appears in an open knot in the wood in the shower saying, quote, I know what you've done. It belongs to a man called Claire. She thinks, quote, but I've covered my tracks. It's been seven months and I've covered my tracks. What has she done? Is this why she escaped to the island? What do those teens know? Claire appears later with a missing poster with Jake's face on it. Claire's called the number and found out that Jake has killed Otto's dog, all his sheep and stolen his tractor and money. Presumably Otto was a farmer she worked for. What did he do to incur her wrath? Now, he makes sexual demands in order to keep quiet, but Jake punches him in the jaw and leaves. Good on you, Jake you show him who's boss. Now, back in the present on the island, she thinks about her mother and calls her, but doesn't say anything. And then she falls asleep to be woken by a sound. Quote, on the wall behind me came a noise like someone drawing a nail from the ceiling to the top of my bed's headboard and stopping there, one straight smooth and slow line. She almost drives straight to the police station to give herself up or perhaps to report the sheep murders and the fact that she's thinks she's being followed but then thinks quote we've got options we're smart right now back in the past in australia again alan on the team tells her not to concern herself with claire quote we all have a past and implies he may be jealous of her friendship with greg since claire and greg are best friends so she's having a bit of a relationship with this greg character When they're in bed sleeping, she hears noises outside and worries it may be Kelly or Otto. Quote, the hair on the back of my neck prickles. I try not to think of Kelly or picture Otto outside holding a gun and watching, holding his cutthroat. He will shoot Greg, then he will do me slowly. Kelly will snap at the air by my face as she watches me die. He will cut off my hand and give it to her as a prize. Kelly is dead, I think, but the thought is not a comfort. So I'm assuming we're supposed to think that Kelly has been killed by this character, Jake. So back on the British Island, she reports the hurt sheep, the police officer there is skeptical as well as pretty sexist, making inappropriate comments about the fact that a young lady should have a partner. Quote, the sergeant's face went soppy. He spoke softly. I'm taking this serious, Miss White. I'm taking your happiness and your health seriously. Living alone with all that responsibility, a woman your age, it's not right. You need to get yourself into town once in a while. You need to make friends. Now, she stops off at a tea shop before heading home and discovers a hurt pigeon in her house which dies. So she releases it into the sea. I wonder if that was what was making that horrible scratching noise. Now back to Australia and we learn she's in a place called Kambala with no other woman, quote, in running distance. Greg, her boyfriend, questions these horrible recent scars on her back and she lies saying, quote, bad relationship. Now Bean, a young labourer, loses his hand due to Claire's incompetence. He gets the young boy to sharpen his tools with the grinder and Claire gets demoted, which pleases Jake. Now back to the present again on the island and she finds a homeless drunk on her land whom a few chapters previously she had seen loitering in a hedgerow. She feels pity and lets him sleep in her shed. And then we go back to Australia just as she's escaped from Otto's and has come to her current sheep farm. What are you thinking about all this toing and froing between locations and times? I've got to say, I'm not a massive fan of it. But anyway, carry on. Back in Australia, she proves to the other men in this male dominated world of sheep farming that she's tough and can hold her own. There are sexist comments that she has to put up with and there'll be more on that later. She discovers a deposit of $50,000 in her bank account from her mum and she phones her only for the phone to be picked up by her sister saying that her dad has been dead nine months. Now, did the mother steal the money, give 50,000 to Jake and then kill her husband? So we've got a question there, why did her dad die? Was it really an accident? Now back to the present day and the drunk appears sober. He's called Lloyd and he helps Jake rescue one of her sheep who's got stuck in the drainage. Now, back with Otto and Kelly, his dog. So we're gonna find out what exactly happened with Kelly. I'm glad it wasn't a human and it was a dog, not that dog suffering is bad but I'm, I'm glad it's not murder she was uh, involved in it seems that Otto and Jake have been having sex and it seems that this has been against her will. she thinks of quote slitting his throat listen to this awful state of affairs and this is Otto talking to Jake quote remember last week maybe it's the morning six he says hopefully when my mother was prego with my little brother we had to give her meadow sweet just to keep water down I'll pick some up when I'm next in town Not when we're next in town, thinks Jake. That time has long passed. I wonder how long it would take for him to get me pregnant. Every time we finish, I squat in the shower and try to flush everything out. Is he keeping her prisoner? Has she escaped from incarceration? Perhaps they were lovers and now the relationship has gone toxic? Let's see. Now, she tries to escape whilst Otto is on the toilet. She steals a can of Otto's money and makes for the utility vehicle, the ute. But Kelly barks giving her away. Quote, Otto's left it in gear, which I didn't notice. And so it stalls and the panic is setting in on me. I'm already trying to think of an excuse. I was practicing my parking or that I thought I'd drive up to the sheep. Nothing I know that will wash. And Otto is running at me, shaking the rolled up comic book he's been reading like he's going to flog me on the nose with it. His face is an open hole of anger and the truck starts again and I jerk away from the dog and Otto reaches me just in time to slam his whole body onto the bonnet. We look each other in the eye for the count of one and I know somehow that this will be it, that if he catches me, my body will end up in the tall dry grasses of the paddock with Kelly shifting me deeper and deeper in every few days and the flies will blow me as I bloat up and the sun peels the skin from my bones. The writing is very filmic. That standoff between Jake and Otto laying on the bonnet, like a scene from some TV show like Breaking Bad. She does manage to escape and checks into a motel. A service station lady gives her a Freddo the Frog with her meal, but she doesn't eat it. Quote, he represents something I'm not sure I understand. Intriguing. So we've got a question there. What's with Freddy the Frog? Now, back to the present. the UK island. She offers to lift Lloyd to town in the torrential weather but they keep getting stuck in the mud. Quote, it was another job for Don, the next door farmer, and a tick in the incompetency column. She lets Lloyd sleep the night. Lloyd thinks it unlikely kids are killing her sheep as well. She offers him alcohol which I certainly wouldn't do in this situation since he was drunk the previous night. Now back to Australia and the past, but before she escaped in the ute, here she tries to escape on a bike, but hits a rock and falls. As she stares at the sky, she imagines she is with Karen, quote, she's got her fingers laced through mine. Is that a friend? Maybe it's a past lover. He unlocks her door and asks for sex, but she says no. Now, what kind of employer locks up their employees and asks for sex? This man seems pretty horrifying. Now, against her will, he forces her to kill sheep. So I guess he is originally her sheep farmer employer. I doubt she's being paid. It appears to be modern day slavery. It's really horrible. He's certainly making lots of sexual demands of her. There's evidence of a former wife at Otto's place and mention of a previous slave girl, or perhaps wife, Carol. She drinks his ear medicine in the hope that she'll be sent to hospital and can tell a nurse about her incarceration, but he refuses to let her leave and says he'll buy medicine for her. So quite clearly horrible relationship she's in with Otto. Now she finds a photograph of his ex-wife wearing earrings that she recognises. And this is a real dun 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 moment. Was his wife murdered by Otto? That's what we're being led to believe. He certainly didn't have a problem slaughtering those sheep. He took glee in teaching Jake how to slaughter those sheep. From the sounds of things, I'm sure he wouldn't have a problem murdering a human. At this point in the novel, I got a really weird sense of deja vu as if I had already read a chapter where Kelly, Otto's dog, finds a skull and earrings of this dead carol somewhere on Otto's ranch, exposing a shallow grave. Perhaps it's that reference she made earlier in the book that if Otto finds her leaving the ranch, her body will end up in, quote, the tall, dry grasses of the paddock. And perhaps that's how she found those earrings. We don't know yet. So really, this poor Carol, I wonder if she was alive when Jake arrived at the ranch. It's a bit of a plot twist. Now, this is unlikely. Could Jake have killed Carol for some reason? And when are we going to get the scene where Jake gets these scars on her back? Questions, questions, questions. And another question, why is the book called All the Birds Singing? There haven't been any birds so far, I don't think. And is this how Jake was led to Carol's murder? We certainly haven't seen any birds yet. Jake has mentioned a whistler, but I think that's the only bird. Anyway, onwards and back to the island and Lloyd, quote, A man with a young face called Samson appears asking for his father, Don Murphy, who he says, using a number of expletives, has forgotten about his son. Now, Don Murphy is the Don that we know is her farmer neighbor. Now, Jake says she bought the property off him and he now lives in the next valley. So this is Don's son. Is this Samson the sheep killer, I wonder? Now, he leaves and Jake and Lloyd go to the pub together. She disagrees with his comment that he's killing the sheep. And when she thinks of Samson, quote, I'd felt something strange wind its way up around my heart like I recognised him, like we'd known each other once. Those spittle grey eyes and desperate mouth. Very intriguing. Now, interestingly, at the pub, Lloyd gets on well with the landlord and seems amiable. When Jake questions his conversation, he says, quote, they're interested in you. They want to know what sheep you're breeding. I'm more interested in this Lloyd character. Why is Jake not asking him any questions about who he is, where he's from, why he was hanging around, why he's just shown up? Does he have a family, work, a job? Does he live on the island? Complete radio silence on this Lloyd guy. Would she really have no questions or is the implied author not wanting to reveal his backstory just yet? Feels a bit unrealistic. What do you think? now? She drives home with Lloyd drunk and almost hits a creature, quote, large and dark with yellow eyes, which then promptly dashes off into the woods. Probably a fox. Now, back in Australia and with the horrible Otto, she notices Kelly scratching the ground beneath the house and, quote, between her paws is a woman's shoe, hot pink and to fit a very small foot. Aha, dead Carol. Maybe she's not dead, who knows? And then after some driving lessons she thinks, quote, I don't ask what would happen to me, left here with Kelly. If I couldn't drive myself out, left like those sheep after Carol had gone. So maybe she has known Carol alive. I'm being led to believe it was Otto who killed Carol, but perhaps it was Jake for some reason, or maybe Kelly attacked her. All I'm suggesting is that there may be other options as to how she died. Perhaps she's still alive somewhere. Maybe she's not dead. Perhaps it is Carol getting revenge. Now, remember, I mentioned the lack of birds so far in the novel. Well, Jake just comments, quote, there is always a large bird passing overhead, looking at the sheep or a rabbit or the lizard or me. Maybe a vulture, but vultures don't sing. So perhaps the title reflects the release of her spirit when she escapes Or the birds singing. I don't know. It may be a metaphorical release for Jake coming to this island. Anyway, she goes to the supermarket and bumps into Karen, whom, remember, she fantasised about holding her hand. Jake lies to Karen about Otto and says he's her uncle. Karen says she's getting married and points to a sparkly ring on her hand, quote, A bloke with a hat pulled low over his face has looked up at us from the newspaper stand and she nods to him. Hmm, why can't we, the reader, see his face? Intriguing. Then, bizarrely, Jake thinks that Karen, quote, looked frightened. She goes on, quote, Karen's smile faded. Stay safe, darling," she whispers and hands me her box of cereal bars. And as she does it, she strokes the back of my hand, hidden behind the box. Why are all these lies between what appears to be former lovers? They appear to be both in slave relationships, but perhaps I'm having the wool pulled over my eyes. They could be just friends, of course. Now, Otto goes out to the shops, leaving Kelly behind, which is unusual. When he returns, Jake senses something has changed. He, quote, makes love, my quotes, to her tenderly, locks her in her room for the night, and she hears Kelly scratching around under the house. Presumably, we're supposed to think she's digging around for dead Carol. And who locks their employee in their bedroom? And then, quote, As I fall asleep, a bird cries in the night and it sounds just like a fire horn. Again, no singing birds just yet. And there the first half ends up to chapter 15 and some very intriguing questions. I wonder why she knows that Samson guy or she she seems to recognize him. That seems very strange. I think this Carol woman is going to come into play in the second half. I have a sneaky suspicion that Jake might not be so innocent. Did Carol attack Jake in some way? Maybe Karen was involved. Now there are some unanswered questions. Why did Jake's dad die? Was it just an accident at the marina? I didn't mention that it was supposed to be an accident at the marina, but that's what the mother said, I think. And why did her mum deposit 50,000 Australian dollars into her account? And what happened to Otto's? What is the dog Kelly scratching around for? And what's with the Freddy the Frog that she was given at the servo, the service station and doesn't want to remember? And why is the book called all the birds singing. She's living in a very bravado world where the men show off their strength by arm wrestling and assume that Jake has been employed as the cook. Very sexist thinking. Now there's a lot of Australian words. We've got dunny, toilet, servo, service station as I mentioned. We've got animals, dingo, guana, kangaroo, possum, whistler, a bird, a bandicoot, we've got a road train, we've got a waterhole lots of really nice Australian expressions like something you can't find dull dull such an interesting way of talking about a person it's certainly a world of hard knocks and she learns to be tough from nature quote when I see kangaroos I'm so surprised I don't slow or swerve or do anything other than watch as they bound past the bonnet of the car and I catch one on the hindquarters and it flies up in the air like I've made it into a different creature by hitting it. It comes down and when it lands it doesn't just lie there dead it's on its feet before I can even stop the truck and this has gone into the low brush faster even than it was moving before. I sit watching my hands wrapped hotly around the steering wheel my heart bouncing at my gullet. I can't believe it just got up and went I was going at least 90, I laugh out loud at how wonderful life is that it takes a hell of a knot like that and it's just fine. This perhaps is how Jake is going to cope with the Otto situation. Take off and go, brush yourself down. I'm very intrigued about reading the second half of this book. I think I'm enjoying it so far. It's not bad. Very different to the Beckett, which was last month's book. There were some Wonderful comments I'd like to share that I found on Goodreads and I'd like to share with you. Monty said, Ho hum, what to make of this oddity? Malloy I found by turns amusing, disgusting and incomprehensible. Certainly I'm glad to learn a new phrase for wiping one's backside. Quote, absturge the Podex. I don't think I learned much else of value though. At its best, the second volume was comic, ribald, and absurd. It was also frequently disgusting. The obsession with incontinence and bodily functions suggests something childishly weird and disturbing. It's also mostly boring. The third volume is mostly unreadable, resembling the mad, drunken rambling of a terminal bore. There are some amusing lines such as, quote, To tell the truth, let us be honest at least, it is some considerable time now since I last knew what I was talking about. This is quite funny, but it takes a great deal of tedious effort to get there. The introduction talks about, quote, The tone of haughty disdain for the reader and disgust for the task the writer is engaged in. Beckett is playing games with us. Stern played games with the reader too, but with him one felt we were at least partly in on the joke too. With Beckett, we are not. And Alex said, quote, Imagine you're stirring a soup of words in a skull which has some openings and sometimes those words come as sentences, parts of sentences or words. This is the image I had reading the last part. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear them. Leave a comment below or if you're listening to the episode, send an email to bookshook at yahoo.com. I'd also love suggestions for future books. Maybe there's been one sitting on your shelf for ages which you haven't got round to reading and you just need that push to get started. Talking of next books, after I've discussed the second half of All the Birds Singing in two weeks, that's the 28th of July, August two episodes will be all about books one and two of Gargantua and Pantagruel by Rabelais. So get that one at the ready if you can. Also, if you enjoyed this, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe or give it five stars on your episode app Thanks. Anyway, I look forward to discussing the last half of all the birds singing in two weeks. See you then.